Hour three of the Jose Gonzalez Show. now 10 minutes past the hour as we ran a little late with our guy gus in hour number two we head here to hour number three reminding every single one of you to go and download the app go check out the website and go to our social media as well uh, the current temperature in the city of fresno it is currently 48 degrees the expected high today of 65 degrees with an overnight low of 37 uh, degrees tomorrow uh, it will increase to 67 degrees on saturday 69 potentially 70 degrees and sunny and then uh, the temperature will go back to the low 60s with some rain in the forecast beginning sunday night into monday and uh, the highest percentage chance of rain is expected to come on Tuesday. Uh, so uh, just a little of that look ahead for all of you as, again, the weather will be changing. The weather um, not only will be uh, changing here, but uh, the rain potentially coming into the San Joaquin Valley um, as well. Excuse me. Currently in Visalia, 45 degrees, 66 the expected high there. Currently in Merced, 46 degrees, 65 the expected high there. And currently 48 degrees in Bakersfield, 68 degrees uh, the expected high uh, there. And as mentioned again, Tuesday is uh, the expected day that we will be getting rain into the San Joaquin Valley. Uh, Monday, it is uh, expected to enter the valley. And uh, then Tuesday, it's supposed to be the most rainy of the days of next week. But rain is in the forecast um, here in Fresno over the course of the next um, next 10 days. So just giving you guys a little bit of... Uh, of a, a look ahead uh, here as well. Um, and uh, again, currently here in Fresno, um, we are looking at uh, 30 at 40, uh, 48 degrees uh, currently. But again, giving a quick look here to the 10 day forecast, as mentioned, Tuesday of next week, um, expect rain at about 70% uh, chance there next week into. Um, uh, into next weekend as well on Christmas Day. Currently scheduled for 30% chance of rain um, a Tuesday as well. Some rain potentially coming into the valley um, during that time as well. But 70% uh, chance on Tuesday, a 50% chance on Wednesday as well as on Monday. Um, so uh, just an FYI on that. And every weather report is brought to you by our friends at Lee's Air Plumbing and Heating. If you have an AC heater unit issue, you got maintenance that needs to get done. You call our friends at Lee's Air Plumbing and Heating. They have got you uh, covered. Now, with that being said, there are many headlines um, from this morning. One that is happening in real time, just uh, getting announced here, um, uh, just getting announced uh, just moments ago. And uh, that is going to be that Clutch Sports, the entity 
that is uh, the agents for many a basketball players. Well, they are going to be expanding into the NBA. Clutch Sports Group represents several high-profile players in the NBA and in the NFL. And now they're expanding into Major League Baseball. According to uh, Jeff Passan, Clutch Sports has acquired Rep One Sports, uh, which uh, has uh, Boston Red Sox all-star third baseman Rafael Devers and Milwaukee Brewers all-star closer Devin Williams among its clients. Clutch Sports is run by Rich Paul, who is the longtime friend and business partner of the Los Angeles Lakers star LeBron James. So um, that deal happening there. He is also, LeBron is obviously one of the more famous clients of Clutch Sports, but he also represented by Clutch Anthony Davis, Trey Young, Tyrese Maxey, Draymond Green, De'Aaron Fox, among other star NBA athletes. And in the NFL, well, Jalen Hurts is the main client for Clutch Sports and is finishing um, second in NFL MVP voting last year and reaching the Super Bowl as well. Other uh, NFL players uh, in Clutch Sports are DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Miles Garrett, uh, Chase Young, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., Bijan Robinson, Devontae Smith. And so uh, Rep. 1 isn't at the level of a Scott Boris or Joel Wolf. Um, in the world of baseball, it already has a signed, uh, a, a pretty solid client base as, uh, again, Devers uh, leads that charge there. And uh, others that are represented by Rep. 1 are Andres Jimenez, um, and uh, Aloy Jimenez as well. So that is some news that just happened um, this early, early morning. And when I mean just happened, I mean it was just announced moments ago. Um, so there you are. Um, yesterday, this came down. It's a fresh headline, and that is that NBA has suspended Draymond Green indefinitely. Uh, the Golden State Warriors forward has been suspended by the NBA for striking Phoenix Sun center Drew, uh, Yusuf Nurkic in the face during Tuesday night's game, the league announced yesterday. Green received a flagrant two foul for striking Nurkic and was subsequently ejected for the third time this season. The league said the penalty handed down by Operations Chief Joe Dumars um, begins immediately. This is already Green's second suspension of the season. Yeah, his second suspension of the season. And uh, um, he quote, uh, the NBA said, quote, he will be required to meet certain league and team conditions before he returns uh, to play. Green um, and uh, Warriors general manager Mike Dunleavy uh, Jr. and Green's agent Rich Paul are expected to meet today to start discussing a path of counseling as well as assistance for Green to move forward. The league didn't want to put a specific number on the suspension, but he wants to uh, but wants to allow Green the time he needs to deal with the challenges he's facing. Green will be docked $153,941 per game if his suspension is fewer than 20 games and $202,922 per game if more than 20 games. Green's three game uh three ejections are tied for the most in in a season for him. His first came after he picked up two technical fouls against the Cavaliers on November 11th. His second ejection came as he had a 
Rudy Gobert um, in uh, in a headlock. The NBA suspended him five games after that incident. And in this one, he was ejected with 8.23 left in the third quarter. Um, and again, now suspended indefinitely is Draymond Green. Some news as well in the soccer world. Um, as uh, Rebecca Welch will become the first woman to referee a Premier League game when she takes charge of Fulham against Burnley on December 23rd. Sam Allison will also become the first black referee in 15 years to be involved in a top-flight game. Following in the footsteps of Yura Rennie, uh, he will take charge of the Sheffield United against Luton United on December 26th. Um, Welch became the first woman to act as fourth official when she was at the technical area for the Fulham, uh, Fulham's game against Manchester United. And now she has been given a game of her own. Shout out to Miss Welch um, on that. Shohei Otani um, and his historic deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers allows him to opt out if owner Mark Walter or president of baseball operations, Andrew Friedman, is no longer involved with the team, industry sources told ESPN. The email outlining Tani's contract that was distributed to agents by Major League Baseball's Players Association on Wednesday and reviewed by ESPN stated, quote, a specific change in Dodger personnel. Player may opt out of contract at the end of season. Uh, the change occurs. End quote. Two sources familiar with the contract confirmed an initial report by the Associated Press that the, quote, specific change, end quote, is in reference to Walter and Friedman. Otani agreed to a 10-year, $700 million contract with the Dodgers on Saturday, making him the highest-paid athlete in North American history. The Dodgers will pay Otani $2 million a year for every season of his playing career, but have to put an additional $44 million into an escrow account to fund the deferrals. The, the total value of Otani's contract when accounting for the deferrals, according to the MLBPA, is $437,830,563. The contract doesn't include a traditional opt-out, but does come with a full no-trade clause. Otani will get a suite at Dodger Stadium for all regular season and postseason games and will also donate up to 1% of his deal to the team's charitable foundation, which is standard language for free agent deals as well. More Dodger news, and that is that Clayton Kershaw, the longtime Dodger pitcher, who is in the early stages of his recovery from shoulder surgery, said he has not decided whether he will re-sign to Los Angeles to continue his career. Speaking to AM570 LA Sports on Wednesday, Kershaw said he was still, quote, in that process, end quote, of discussing with his wife Ellen about where he will play next season. He joked that the free agency of Shohei Otani um, uh, with the Dodgers, who signed with the Dodgers this week, allowed him more time to ponder his future. Kershaw, who's a 10-time All-Star, a three-time NL Cy Young Award winner, has signed a one-year contract each of the past two years to stay with L.A., the only team he has pitched for since his career began in 2008. Andrew Friedman said last month that the team, quote, absolutely, end quote, wants Kershaw back and that the ball is squarely in Kershaw's court. Uh, who is 35 years of age and underwent surgery on November 3rd. Kershaw went on to say, quote, I'm excited to get back after the surgery and throw a ball and have it not hurt. 
end quote. So interesting to see. A lot of people believe that uh, it is going to come down for Kershaw between the Los Angeles Dodgers and the uh, Texas Rangers. Texas backup quarterback. This is the University of Texas backup quarterback Malik Murphy is entering the NCAA transfer portal, he told ESPN last night. Murphy said in a phone interview that he will not be with the Longhorns in the college football playoff, a decision he said was wrenching for him. Quote, I hate it. I hate it. I'm super invested in this team, everything that we've done along the way, and all the work we put in together. It's hard to walk away, especially at this point during the season. And quote, Murphy immediately will become one of the most sought-after players on the transfer portal. He's a redshirt freshman who's immediately eligible and has three seasons of eligibility remaining. Um, Murphy started a pair of home games for Texas this season. Wins over BYU and Kansas State. Win started Quinn Ewers um, was out. The move makes true freshman Arch Manning the backup quarterback for Texas postseason run. Murphy said that given the time it will take for visits and and to assure he finds the right spot for his future, it's best for him to leave the Longhorns now. He said that Texas coach Steve Sarkeesian gave him the option to stay and that he's appreciative of that and everything Sharkeesian has been done for him at Texas. He added about Sharkeesian, quote, I really appreciate coach because of how accepting and helping he's been along the way. As a player here, he's been super helpful. It'll definitely take me a long way. I'm glad I was able to be coached by him. End quote. While yours hasn't made an official decision on returning to Texas next season. The prevailing thought within his circle remains that he'll return in 2024 as more starts and experience will help assure his long-term NFL potential. So interesting to see how that shapes out. But Malik Murphy leaving Texas to enter the transfer portal and try to find himself a new team um, to be uh, the quarterback for. George McGinnis. Hall of Fame forward, um, who was a two-time ABA champion and a three-time All-Star in the both NBA and ABA, has passed away at the age of 73. The Indiana Pacers said McGinnis died, died earlier Thursday morning following complications from a cardiac arrest uh, suffered last week. McGinnis also struggled to walk in recent years after undergoing multiple back surgeries. Um, his uniquely, um, uh, his uniquely deep deliberate voice, warm personality, and passion for the sport helped McGinnis create a tight bond with the fans around the basketball-rich home state of Indiana. They watched McGinnis develop um, from uh, Indianapolis prep star into an unstoppable force and one and only college season at the University of Indiana. Kyle Shanahan um, comes out and makes an MVP case for, well, two of his players. Uh, Coach Shanahan says he has two legitimate candidates for MVP. He agreed that Brock Purdy should be in the MVP conversation when asked Wednesday about the second-year quarterback, but also said running back Christian McCaffrey deserves consideration for the award as well. Before making a case for his star players, however, Shanahan proactively avoided backing one of them for MVP. Quote, are you trying to get me in trouble with these two guys? That's the only reason I wouldn't overly comment on either one of them because I don't want them to cancel each other out. And quote, Purdy is among the consensus betting favorites for MVP and was a 175 to win the award Thursday morning, um, only behind Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott at plus 160. 
Shanahan said, quote, if any non-quarterback's going to get an MVP, I don't get how Christian McCaffrey can. I mean, he's amazing in what he has done all year long, end quote. McCaffrey, in his first full season as a Niner, is leading the NFL in rushing yards and is second in the league with 17 touchdowns this season behind uh, Dolphins running back Raheem Mostert. Purdy has been equally prolific, and uh, he is third in the NFL in passing yards. He's tied for second in passing touchdowns and second in completion percentage, and he leads the league in yards per attempt, quarterback rating, and QBR. Quote, if he is going to, if it is going to a quarterback, then I don't have to talk about Christian. I can talk about our quarterback. If his numbers is all you see, then I think that solves it up. But if you watch the film, then it makes it even stronger, which to me is the most important thing. And quote so Kyle Shanahan making the case for two of his guys to be MVPs the last one that we have here is Giannis the Greek freak exchanged heated words yesterday with members of the Indiana staff and raced toward uh, the Pacers locker room Wednesday after Milwaukee's 141-26 victory and uh, Antetokounmpo um, had an animated discussion with Tyrese um, Halliburton and other Pacers before rushing from the court towards the visitors locker room seemingly in search of the game ball. Indiana coach Rick Carlisle said after the uh, after the Pacers took the ball um, for Oscar um, the, one of their players who scored his first official NBA point in the contest that led to a confrontation between members of the teams in the arena hallway. Carlisle said several Bucks players, including uh, Giannis, came into the Pacers tunnel looking for the ball and that a scuffle ensued. The coach said Pacers general manager Chad Buchanan was elbowed in the ribs by one of the Milwaukee players. Quote, unfortunate situation. We don't need the official game ball. There's two game balls there. We could have taken the other one, but it didn't need to escalate to that. Really just unfortunate. Third game, we played these guys within two and a half weeks, three weeks, so things are heated with the competition. I understand all of that, but for it to come to the hallway, it didn't need to happen that way, end quote. And, and look, Rick Carlo's right, and, and guess what? He's making the case for Giannis. He's right. We don't need the official game ball. No, you didn't. You could have gotten the other one, but you didn't. Your assistant came out onto the court and quickly grabbed the ball. Giannis echoed Carlisle's sentiments, calling the incident unfortunate. He said he wanted the game ball because he believed it should go to Damian Lillard, who had made his 2,451st uh, career three-pointer Wednesday night to pass Kyle Korver for fifth place in NBA history. Quote, I understand when you score your first point in the NBA, you want to have the ball, or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, you're talking about the guy that just skipped Kyle Korver in all-time lists. In my opinion, we should all stop what we're doing and appreciate greatness. End quote. Um, and Giannis was not happy about it. Giannis was very adamant to uh, voice his displeasure with the situation. And look, I, I, I get it. I completely get it. I get both sides of this. Um, and the fact that this got uh, this got heated and loud and all of the above, um, I just I don't I don't understand it. I don't understand it um, one bit. Uh, and these uh, these moments are the ones that just kind of uh, just just kind of catch you um, quite a bit off guard. Um, and, uh, it, it just, it, it, again, lets you know how difficult and how different certain moments and certain things are. 
Um, and uh, so before we break, I want you guys to hear what uh, Giannis said um, after the game about the game ball and also the frustrations that uh, that he went to. We'll take a break. We'll be back. And uh, when we come back, obviously, uh, we will have home team headlines. But um, this is Giannis explaining the game ball controversy at the end of uh, the uh, at the end of this. So here you go. Home team headlines next. You're listening to the Jose Gonzalez show. Can you confirm that you have the game ball from tonight? I have no idea. I'm not going to lie. I, I have no idea. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, I really don't know. I don't know. I have a ball, but I don't know if it's a game ball. It doesn't feel like the game ball to me. It's, it feels like a brand new ball. Um, like I can, I can tell, you know, from um, I played, what, 35 minutes a day. You know, I know how the, the game ball felt. You know, the, uh, the ball that I have, which I'll take and I'll give it to my mom for sure, but uh, I don't know if it's actually the game balls. But it's 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 okay, you know. Uh, life should continue. I don't actually, I don't even have the game ball from, um, which hurts me. I don't have the game ball from game six in the NBA Finals. I don't have the game ball from that either. Um, but uh, I just, it's just so fortunate. I've never seen, I've never seen this before. I feel like you can, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't even, I'm not even going to comment on that. It's, I don't know if I have the game ball, to be honest with you. Uh, and that's what you you thought they had the game ball. That's why you ran after them in the tunnel. I knew they had the game ball. I don't I didn't think I have they had the game ball. I knew they had the ball. First of all, you cannot. Uh, I don't know how it works, but um, I assume like I cannot just walk in in any arena that I play and just take the ball. Like Dame was fifth of all time. Uh, you know, um, I scored sixty. At the end of the day, like. I, the ball that uh, they gave us, I offered it to Dane. Like, I scored 60. He scored multiple times 60. He scored 70, and he, you know uh, he should have the ball. But um, at the end, of the day, I don't think it's fair for you know anybody. Uh, and I understand. Like, look, look, I understand when you score your first uh, point in the in the NBA. Like, you want to have the ball, or whatever. I guess might be, um, but uh, at the end of the day, like we're talking about the the guy that um, just um, jumped over, uh, jumped over, you know, skipped uh, Kyle Korver in the all-time uh, list. And uh, in my opinion, I feel like we should all, you know, kind of stop what we're doing and appreciate greatness because, uh, as Kyle Korver said in the video, how many people can say they're top five in something that they do? He's he made it. You know the most threes in NBA history. I'm, um, you know, I'm right there. I'm chasing him. You know, uh, I'm two thousand threes away. You're listening to locally owned fourteen thirty ESPN. The Jose Gonzalez Show, Monday through Thursday, 7 a.m. and on Fridays, beginning at noon on your local sports leader. Good morning. 
Buenos dias. Appreciate you for being here. Appreciate you for listening in. And I want to remind you to go and download the app, 1430 ESPN Fresno. Go to the website, 1430 ESPNFresno.com. Now, um, with that being said, um, what is the expectation for Fresno State this Saturday when they take on New Mexico State and uh, in New Mexico and Albuquerque, what's the expectation for the Bulldogs in this game, in this matchup? Because at the end of the day for me, as I look at the, the Bulldogs, w- would a would a win satisfy the masses? Would a win satisfy all of you red waivers? I don't think it would. I, I, I don't think that anything outside of of a dominating Fresno State win over New Mexico would uh, New Mexico State would satisfy the masses and even then at that point I would make the argument that you would be more dissatisfied and you ask me well Gonzo why why would why would I be more dissatisfied if the Bulldogs win at a larger clip my answer to that my answer to why you would be more dissatisfied is because all you would then turn around to say is well, all we needed to do was win. And obviously, we had the team that was ripe for the winning. They just beat a really good New Mexico State team in essentially a home game for them. That's to me, is where I get a little caught up in not fully knowing what the expectation truly is from the fan base. I know what the expectation, or I at least believe I know what the expectation is inside the program. That is going to Albuquerque, where they currently are, get ready for the game, and go beat New Mexico State. Go be the Aggies. That's the expectation. That's what they want to do. But at the end of the day, when we look at it and we see what the expectation would be from the fan base, it's completely different. Fresno State has an opportunity on Saturday to give their interim, their acting head coach, a bump in his potential head coaching candidacy. That's what would happen, right? He would get a bump from the head coaching candidacy because the unknown of coach Jeff Tedford is is sitting squarely there. I I think we know the answer now. By the way, I have no inside information on what the actual decision is going to be. But if I had to make an educated guess today, I would tell you that I believe the decision has been made. I believe that the medical decision has been made whether or not Jeff Tedford can and should continue to be the head coach of the Fresno State Bulldogs. I also would like to add this little wrinkle to the conversation that I don't think we've talked about enough. And look, I've said this. What comes first, first and foremost, is the health of Coach Jed Tedford. I am not minimizing, belittling, or putting that off to the side. It is part of the conversation, and as we have the conversation, that is definitely priority number one. I want to get that straight. I don't want people to take any other um, anything else from this. As I'm saying, is my belief is that the decision has been made. Medically, it's been made. In my eyes, again, 
No inside information on this. This is someone that has been getting some source information and has to fill in their own um, their, their, their own idea to the prospect of what is happening. Now, I, I do have the uh, information on potentially what has happened, but in my view, something that hasn't been talked about enough is, okay, let's just say Coach Tedford is... Coach Tedford is okay to come back. What's to say Jeff Tedford says, I am coming back? What's to say he should? Because look, I I know I've been um, Debbie Downer, right? I've been the guy to say, if Coach Jeff Tedford does not come back, we are going to be in a very difficult predicament. If Jeff Tedford doesn't come back, but at the same time, do we not have to consider, do we not have to process, do we not have to put into context the belief that at the end of this season, right, those three losses, I'm not going to put that on coach Tedford, but let's think about this in a common sense, practical way without demeaning what is happening medically. But wouldn't there be a worry about the energy levels? Wouldn't there be a worry about the potential for this happening again? Wouldn't there be a worry that when we're in mid-season in 2024, there is that possibility of exhaustion hitting in again? That's the unknown of what we're talking about. So when we put it into context, we say, well, we really want Coach Tedford back. But if we get him back, at what cost do we have him back? And if we don't get him back, what is the cost of not getting him back? And what is the cost of having him back and not sure whether or not he's going to be capable of doing the entire season? How do you weigh those options? How do you weigh bringing Coach Tedford back and maybe saying, well, Coach Skipper is going to have to take a bigger role in terms of the head coaching side of things. As an assistant head coach, as a guy that has been tapped as the second guy to Coach Tedford, and obviously is the acting head coach of Fresno State, how much does he take charge if Tedford comes back? Those are things that we have to ask ourselves of the possibilities and probabilities of what could take place. So again, I would say for you dog fans, for you red waivers, for you bulldogs, the expectation is you want to see an energetic bunch out there with a guy like Tim Skipper and a win. You want to see an energetic bunch. You want to see what Coach Skipper looks like as a head coach, and we want to see the Bulldogs win. If you get all three, I think as Red Waivers, you should feel satisfied. I believe we will get information very quickly after this bowl game as to the direction that the Bulldogs are going to be taking. We are inching closer and closer. It is December 14th. We're as close as it gets to the end of the year. And I say as close as it gets because next week, most people are already on Christmas Day vacation in their minds. And then the week after that, Christmas, and the week after that, New Year. So the end of the year, the end of the work year is mentally already here. 
It's already here. After the game on Saturday, you got one week, and then everybody is going to be checking out. They will be in vacation brain mode. So when you think of where and how and how quickly this could all happen, it could all happen in hours, it can happen in days, but I sure as heck hope and believe and think it won't happen past this year. I think we'll have a clear direction of where we're going to go, hopefully. Because if we don't, then you and I are going to be having a different discussion the next time we come on this show, which is Monday of next week in the morning. Monday at 7 a.m., I expect to have in my list of notes, in my preparation for the show, what the decision or what the direction or what the idea that is Fresno State Football 2024. Take a break. We'll be back. We'll talk a little bit more of our home teams, a little Giants, a little Niners, a little Raiders tonight, as well as a little bit on the Lakers. We're going to dive quickly into all of those coming up next. You're listening to those Egg Gonzalez Show. This is 1430 ESPN Fresno. The Las Vegas Raiders take on the Los Angeles Chargers tonight. You can catch that game of Thursday night football here on 1430 ESPN. Who loses? I think that's the real question in this game. Who wants to lose? If you're the Raiders, you want to lose. If you're the Chargers, you want to lose. Who do you trust more, Aiden O'Connell or Easton Stick? Who do you trust more? Who are your fantasy football hopes reliant on? Is it uh, it Devontae Adams? Is that where your hopes are relying on? What about Austin Eckler, who apparently is going to be the number one option? Maybe. Or, hey, who knows? What if Brandon Staley decides this is the week that a rotation of running backs should happen? It's going to be an interesting one. I'm I'm sure that even though with the records being the way they are, this will be a good one tonight. So make sure to catch it 5 p.m. on 1430 ESPN. Again, that is Thursday night football. The Los Angeles Lakers played a game against the San Antonio Spurs yesterday, and they were without their guy, LeBron James. Anthony Davis goes out there, gets it to double digits, plays a great game, and the Lakers had a a nice double-digit lead throughout this game until the fourth quarter where things started getting a little scary. And this worries me if I'm a Lakers fan because – If I'm looking at this, I go, hey, a good team comes back and beats us. Yeah, a good team actually is able to come back and go in and win because of how bad San Antonio has been. That's the one thing that might worry me. Aside from that, the Lakers were good. They were good yesterday. Um, The uh, San Francisco Giants remain on the outside looking in on the Yamamoto chase 
And I say that because according to reports, the Dodgers meeting was a complete success and they have their offer into Yamamoto. Uh, the Yankees still the betting favorites for, uh, uh, for Yamamoto and in there potentially are the Giants and the Mets. We shall see where he goes. I'm not sure it's going to be San Francisco. And if I'm the Giants, I might be throwing my money beginning yesterday at some other free agents out there. I might be chasing a couple of frontline starters. Imagine a guy like Blake Snell coming to San Francisco and teaming up with Logan Webb at the top of the San Francisco Giants rotation. That would be absolute insanity. We'll get you ready for the rest of your day. When we come back, you're listening to the Jose Gonzalez Show. 1430 ESPN Fresno, your local sports leader. All right, here we are, the end of the show for today. Appreciate you guys for joining us. Appreciate you for tuning in. Coming up next, the Rich Eisen Show at 2 o'clock. It's Sportsline, the Bulldog Hour with the man Tony D. He brings you a conversations with Ralph Wood, KMPH, Fox 26, as well as with uh, big-time name in the Fresno State program for many years, and that is Jack Furtick. He will be joining Tony as well. At 3 o'clock, Homefield Advantage live from Fashion Furniture. Go out there and check him out and check the show out as well. And then at 5 o'clock, it is Thursday night football. Raiders, Chargers, make sure to tune in for that as well. Appreciate every single one of you for joining us today. Thank you to Gus for joining the show. I'll talk to you mañana at noon. You've been listening to the Jose Gonzalez Show, 1430 ESPN. Until next time.